Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Growing Knowledge Podcast. My name is Parker Cruz, and today we, on this episode of the podcast, I have the very special guest, Miss Andrea Stevenson. Miss Andrea, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Okay. Hey, Parker. Um, well, my name, of course, is Andrea, just like Parker said, and I live in a little town called Christmas, Florida. It's in East Orange County. And currently, I serve on the state alumni, FFA alumni board, as the District 7 representative, which um, works with Orange County, Seminole, and Bavard County. And um, I serve as state secretary, which I handle membership. And I'm originally from Georgia, but moved to Florida just about when I was 12 years old, and then started my FFA career down here. So you kind of touched about how you moved here from Georgia and Uh um, when you were around 12. Can you tell us a little bit about, like, from when you were young, how involved has agriculture been in your life and how has that impacted you into, like, joining the FFA? Okay. Well, my my family, actually, I've grown up in a rural area almost all my life, but my family was not involved in production agriculture or really agriculture of any sort. Now, my family has a history of being involved, but not my immediate family. So I started in, when I was in seventh grade, we took the wheel class, um, which was a series of different classes like home economics and shop and, and art. We took those classes for like nine weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. And my very last class was agriculture, and I had no clue what I was doing. It was just another class at the time. So my ag teacher, who was Tim App, I, I don't, I'm not even sure why Parker. He asked me one day to go to forestry camp. Somebody had. <laughs> bailed out ongoing and he asked for volunteers and I was like well that sounds pretty cool so from there I started being involved in FFA well also from that point he got me a job at a local tree farm and so that was my official start in the field of agriculture as far as employment mm-hmm. it became my um, SAE and so I worked at the tree farm for a while, and then I started working with a landscaper, and then it just progressed. So from that time of, like, 13, when my official agriculture career started, um, it just developed my, my love for the industry, and it just almost immediately put me in the direction of how I wanted my life to go as far as being in, staying involved in the industry. So you kind of touched about your involvement of agriculture and how that all started with your, your ag teacher back in seventh grade. So can you tell us a little bit more about your high school involvement in FFA and what that was like and what were some, some of your favorite moments from that? Yeah.
Perry, um, Perry Parrish was president at the time. You may remember his son Brooks. He was mm-hmm. president, yeah. um, state president a few years ago. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I wanted to be like them. So from that moment, I was like, okay, my goal is to do everything I can in FFA. And then I set the goal to become a state officer, too. So I competed, I continued to compete in everything and anything that I absolutely could. And when I got to high school, that just intensified even more because I saw what you could do in FFA. In ninth grade, I went to national conventions, so that just intensified it even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I love the organization so much, and and I knew what it could do for me. So my favorite memories are, actually my favorite thing was forestry camp. I loved forestry camp. And I still have friends that I made at camp today. Hmm. Like, they're still friends that we go do things with. Um, we talk all the time. You know, I was in their wedding um, and so forth. Forestry camp was one of my favorites. I loved vegetable judging. Absolutely loved it. Um, I was really good at par pro. And so speaking was one of my favorite things, too, even though it scared the dickens out of me. (laughs) I think it makes you a stronger person (laughs) by all means. And sometimes we do better with stress. Um, but yeah, for, I, forestry camp was like my favorite thing. And of course I was state convention and national convention because you got to see so many of your friends, but mm-hmm. forestry camp was probably at the, is probably at the top of my list. So you discussed how when you were at your first state convention and you saw the state officers running down the runways and you saw them up there on uh-huh. the stage and how that inspired you, um, to uh-huh. be a state officer, and then come to find out you were a state officer, correct? Yes, in 1991. So yep. could you kind of tell us a little bit about what that was like and then also how you've seen the position change since you served compared okay. to what it is like now? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the what I enjoyed most about my state officer year are definitely the people that I was able to meet. And then, of course, again, like forestry camp, I'm still friends with a lot of those people. And my goal as a state officer was to reach those that always stayed in the back of the room and that were super shy. Because I was that way at one time. Mm-hmm. And and I really appreciated when someone took the time to mentor me or to talk to me and encourage me. So that was my goal as a state officer. The opportunities, the pe- they were just, I mean, just astounding. However, we were not able to travel as much as state officers do today. Um, we were able to take a few classes at what used to be Central Florida Community College in Ocala, but we were not able to use the University of Florida for education classes like um, the state officers do now. We did not have the opportunity to take a trip overseas or go to the um, Washington, D.C. 
for state officer conferences or anything like that, um, which was okay because we didn't know any different at the time. You know, and of course we didn't have social media and the technology that they do today. But the, the experience itself is one that I will always cherish because of the people I met and the networking you were able to do and the the things that you learned about the agricultural industry. They're just invaluable. Could you kind of, do you, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember like the moment you found out like you, like you had achieved that goal? Like, what was that like? You were like, I, I can't imagine like, like, well, the election process was a little different. We still had to go through a interview and so forth, but it's nowhere near as, as intense as it is now. It was just like a one day affair. So I still had to run against three other people and our area, my area was area five, which is now area four. So luckily one of the presidential candidates was from area five. His name was Keith Smedley from Haines City and he actually won president. If he hadn't won president, he would have dropped down to be in my area. <laughs> I always thought for sure he would beat me. But I had to run against two other people as well. And that was that was pretty crazy because of course we went to every banquet to speak. Um, we actually campaigned um, and the fact that we had a booth mm-hmm. and we would stand outside of our booth at State Convention and like give out little trinkets and brochures. Hmm. I had these little wooden nickels that said, you know, vote for Andrea. I had spinning tops. I mean, there was all sorts of things that the candidates would give out. But I can remember when I, my name was called, I, I just... I can see it now because I, of course, had my eyes closed and just sitting there with the other candidates and just, it's, it's like every time it's like mention, you know, you just jump up and you're so freaking excited and I, I'm just so glad my, my family was there, my mama and my sister, because, you know, of course, that just makes it even more special. On the other end, Parker, it makes you feel so sad for for the other, you know, people that weren't chosen. Mm-hmm. And but they're still friends um, of mine to this day, and and they went on to lead great lives. But mm-hmm. if you choose, you just do have a little, you know, um, sympathy for them as well. But but yeah, it was it was it was really cool. And there was only. It was myself and one other girl on the team, which was, her name was Heather Folsom from Lafayette. And so that made it really awesome because Heather and I became like sisters during that year. Um, so after you served your year of service and um, uh-huh. you did all that, what was the next step for you? Like, what was the next step in your journey what did you want to do next? Okay. So I had a backup plan if I didn't get state office. Um, I had already accepted to a back Abraham College in Tifton, Georgia. And my major 
just um, general medical. So I went there for two years and came home. Um, I was involved with collegiate FFA there as well. So that had been my goal since ninth grade. Um, we did a tour of ABAC, and I, I knew immediately that that's going. So I wanted to, my, my eventual goal was um, to work in the horticulture industry. I, I didn't really know exactly what that looked like, but I knew I wanted to be involved in horticulture. So after I came home, from there, I started working with an interior plant company where we provided and maintained interior foliage mm-hmm. for different customers. And then I progressed and went to a bigger company um, and served as a supervisor and did customer relations. And and I tell you, FFA really helped me with that because I was just able to just go right up to, to those customers and not have a problem with speaking to them are presenting a product to them, are um, just having a relationship with our customers. FFA really helped me with that. After a few years, I decided of, of being home, I decided that I wanted to be involved with FFA. That was one aspect of my life that I really missed. And because it gave so much to me, I wanted to give back. So in probably 1999, I started my alumni career within Florida. Oh, okay. So so you just kind of said like you you started your alumni career in 1999. Can you tell us um, how that all kind of started and then how eventually you – uh, got involved with the state level, the alumni, and eventually became the secretary. Okay. Well, I, I joined my local alumni, which was the Orange County alumni, and we worked with several different FFA chapters. And I'm just a little go-getter. And when you set your mind to something and you set goals, you know, it, it really helps that things take off for you or you get things to, you know, come off the ground. So I, I, was, I started with them and then it just progressed and I started going back to state FFA convention and talking to old friends and, and another friend of mine who served on the state alumni board, it was her time to come off. So she asked if I would like to run for her position which was the District 7 position. So I did, and in 2000, I started serving. I was elected at State Convention and then started serving on the state board. So, and the influences on the state board, I mean, or Doug Register, he's a former ag teacher from Baker County. Mm-hmm. He's the state alumni president, Archie Matthews, um, Shirley Cart, who was in the alumni when I was in FFA. Um, they just kept encouraging me to, to, to do better and to stay involved and to become more involved. So... My FF, my alumni career has really just evolved because of their encouragement and their kind words. And then um, I 
served on the National Alumni Board in, starting in 2011. And that started with a trip to Colorado for National FFA alumni and developing a relationship with the staff there and them encouraging me to, to run for that position. And I was a national um, alumni, national board alumni at large representative. So um, basically worked in the Southeast as a volunteer. It was all volunteer work. So, you said you kind of started with the Florida FFA in, in 2000. How have you seen mm-hmm. the the alumni's involvement, or just in general, how do you, how have you seen the alumni change over the past 20 years since you've been involved? Oh, uh, the membership is has greatly increased. And, you know, that's great. Um, sometimes numbers aren't everything. I've seen the involvement um changed drastically which has been phenomenal more chapters now we have 144 alumni chapters in the state of florida that's greatly increased um since i started in 99 um our fundraising efforts have been phenomenal through the years we're able to support more ffa members throughout the state we're able to help this, the Florida FFA Association and Foundation and the, the just the Team Ag Ed, which, also, which includes those entities, but also the University of Florida's Agriculture Education Program. We have, the past few years, have given them like $5,000 to, to help, excuse me, with those student teachers who are trying to pay for their um, teaching certification test. So all of those things combined um, has has greatly changed. The, the other thing that has changed a lot are our communication efforts. In 2010, we started the State Alumni Conference, and that is still going on to this day. And that is one thing I'm the most proud of when it comes to the Florida Alumni Association because it gives us a direct path to communicate with the local alumni chapters and to relay the information firsthand to them and build a relationship with them. Um, We've made so many friends through that conference and seen so many alumni chapters really step up their game and provide more opportunities for So other than your active involvement of the alumni, like we've, we've just talked mm-hmm. about, how else are you actively involved in the agriculture industry to this day? Okay. Well, the place that I work at, well, let me back up. So before, like I said, I was worked for a company that was an interior, horticulture interior um, plant company. And so that was a direct correlation with the agriculture industry because I dealt with foliage plants day in and day mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Um, and then I, about in 2016, I came to Fort Christmas Historical Park, which is like a mile from my house. I, you know, I grew up in this town. I knew what Fort Christmas was almost all my life. Mm-hmm. So the, the super 
supervisor at Fort Christmas wanted someone with an agriculture background and that was not afraid to reach out to the general public or the agriculture community and start doing ag-based programs here at the fort and doing more agricultural um, events. So she fought long and hard for that. I'm the only person in Orange County Parks that has, that actually does what I do. So I am in direct um, contact with 4-H and FFA um, chapters all the time. So that is my particular job. I um, create new programs for the park based on agriculture and events. And in this past February, we had a huge event called Access. So we have a cow show and a poultry show. And then 4-H and FFA um, members have a barbecue cook-off. So we have over 60 head of cattle between steers and heifers, and we had over 200 chickens this year. Hmm. So, and because our park is open to the public, we have people from all over the world coming in. Hmm. So usually we'll have guests that just pop up and they don't know what's going on, but they stay for the whole day because they're so intrigued by what we're doing. And, And I get to educate those people also that, there's still agriculture in Florida, and our history here in Central Florida is based on agriculture. I mean, our whole state is based around agriculture. Mm-hmm. So we get to, you know, I have that opportunity to educate the general public um, as well. And then in October, we have a huge event called Farm, which means Florida Agriculture Resources Matter. And we have about a thousand students that come out and they rotate between 15 different stations. And those stations range from aquaculture, forestry, beef cattle, dairy, um, pollinators, horticulture, citrus. Um, We have a little bit of everything for the children to go through. So, and Ag in the Classroom is here, which I work closely with. And they're able to give teachers free resources and free curriculum that they can use in their classrooms, all based around agriculture. So I absolutely love my job because I get to, although I'm not involved in production agriculture, I get to advocate for agriculture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and just like the other day I posted on Facebook that, One of the biggest questions I get at work, um, people will go to our chicken coop, and we have 10 laying hens, and they automatically assume they're roosters every single time. Mm -hmm. And we get to tell them, you know, no, these are hens. And then they're like, well, don't you need a rooster to have an egg? No, we don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's those little things that to us are funny, but to them... They're learning, and they want to learn, and Uh we have this unique opportunity where I work to educate even the smallest little things about agriculture. Well, we've we've talked about your past involvement in agriculture from your when you're in middle school to your high school career to your year as a state officer, and, and now your active involvement today, and 
you know, something a lot of people talk about within the spectrum of agriculture and FFA is, you know, the future of agriculture and what that's going to look like. And, you know, everyone poses the question, how are we going to feed, you know, this many people by 2050? And how are we going to deal with the growing population and all this? Well, I want to know, what do you think the future of agriculture is going to look like um, compared to today? Well, it is a it is a big worry, especially where I live, because you know, as you know, Orlando is in Orange County, and where I live is rural, but Orlando is creeping up on us. Um, that to me is one of the biggest issues we have within our state. Um, but you know. I think we deal with the same problems in some ways that we did when I was your age is still the image. Um, I, when, when we just had the last um, governor race, you know, a lot of us were supporting Adam Putnam because he was an agriculturalist. And it was very disheartening when people were saying that the red tide was created by agriculture. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, just right now with all of this going on in our country today and you're hearing statistics about um, the air quality and the water quality being um, better since people are staying home. It's just a testimony to how agriculture is not directly um, affecting things like that. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like we still have this educational um, aspect that, and advocation aspect that we still need to just fully keep on trucking with it and, and, and keep going in that direction of education. It seems like also that sometimes I feel like agriculture is like our farming. For, for some people, it's like this fad. It's like the farmer's markets and and little people having their garden. It's, it's like it's hip, which by all means, if that's what it's going to take to make people um, realize that you know, agriculture is an everyday necessity, then that's great. But as far as the, the future, I just think of people like yourself, Parker, um, the FFA and 4-H members that are, are coming up in this new world of technology that we have, that you see so much diversification also in those people that I think the, the next generation for agriculture or the image of agriculture or production is, is still going to remain um, phenomenal, if that makes any sense at all. Um, because, you know, I like to say my generation was smart. But y'all are so much broader because of what you have at your hands right now. And with GMOs as well um, and more research done on them and, you know, less pesticides, um, less water for certain crops and so forth. I, I just see the future of agriculture just expanding even more. Um, 
and not as, you know, of course not as far as land and so forth, but our resources of where we can grow um, crops is, is also going to be diverse. Um, if that makes it, if that creates some kind of a picture of, of what my thoughts are, hopefully it does. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I absolutely get what you're talking about, and I get what you mean. You know, with the with the rooftop gardens, you know, um, yeah, you'll even see shows today that uh, on TV where they have like they're on the rooftop and there's garden. Mm-hmm. Or you see, I've seen a lot of shows where people have beehives on their rooftops. So that is so fascinating to me, and and it goes back to one of those things where. It's like people think it's hip and the cool thing to do. And I'm like, by all means, if you feel that way, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter where you come from or anything. Just as long as you're understanding agriculture or some form of agriculture and how your, you know, their contribution is helping and their understanding uh, more so of the industry. I, I think that's amazing. Absolutely. Um, well, thank. I really do appreciate you w- willing to come on and talk about you know your FFA journey and your involvement in agriculture. I really do appreciate it. Um, You're very welcome. Uh, before we wrap up, do you have anything you'd like to say? Anything you'd like to shout out? Anything like that? I I would um, because I'm involved in the alumni. One of the biggest things I want y'all to know is that. Just because you graduate doesn't mean that you have to retire from the FFA. There are so many opportunities in the alumni, and we want y'all in in our organization because, for one, we're just a big FFA family, but we need the skills that y'all have. You know, I, I hate to think that some people look at the alumni and they're like, oh, they're just old people. We might be older, but that doesn't mean we don't like to have fun either. But we need people like yourself, Parker, who know how to do things like this podcast and that know social media, you know, that can create really cool things for the local chapter, like advertising a fundraiser and getting the word out. Um, But just because you're done with FFA doesn't mean you have to be done all together. Um, we, we just want to get that word out and we love young people and that's why we do what we do and we would just hope that if FFA has really changed your life that y'all would come back and consider mentoring a child and helping their lives change because of FFA too and just helping their experience. So I would encourage every FFA member, once they graduate, take the time you need, go to college, do whatever, but eventually come back to us because we definitely need y'all. Well, I, again, I really do appreciate you coming on and talking to us about your FFA journey and your agriculture involvement. Um, You're I, so welcome. Um, and it's, it's really cool, Parker, too, because I, as your mama knows, we knew each other through FFA when we were in high school, even though she was at Groveland and I was at Colonial. So um, that is one reason I love the organization so much, because, you know, her and I, in 
later years started seeing each other again because of you and your siblings being involved in the organization. So it's really cool that we get to see our old friends too. Yeah, that's a, that uh, that is a really cool part of FFA, and yeah. you know, something I look forward <laughs> well, to when I get older, and you know. I know. I well, getting older is not fun, <laughs> <laughs> but when you get to see friends that you've known since you know you were in high school, it's so cool to see how they've grown mm-hmm. and their families and and how well their kids are doing, and you're an example of that. So. It's really cool. And I thank you so much for asking me to be on here. It's, it's, it's really awesome. I, I applaud you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, you take care and have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Growing Knowledge Podcast. Um you know, I hope you guys just are continue to expand your knowledge and are staying safe out there during this during this time when a lot of things are uncertain. But something that we all know is that the agriculturalists, the farmers out there, are working their hardest to help us through this struggling time. And everyone out there, you know, the grocery workers, the people working in restaurants, especially the medical professionals, first responders. You know, just remember those people during this time. Remember, just be smart, be safe, and. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I'll see you guys next time.